Hello and welcome to Sleep Cove, the podcast and YouTube channel to get a great night's sleep. I hope everyone's having a great week of sleep and you enjoyed the last episode for self-confidence and self-worth. I hope it has really helped you. This week's episode is a continuation of some grim fairy tales taken from their first book which was published in 1812. Tonight's stories include Jorinda and Jorindel and the Travelling Musicians. Over the last couple of days, I've discovered that there's been an error on my website. The people who've tried to sign up to the newsletter, you won't have actually got onto the newsletter list if you signed up in the last few weeks. So my apologies about that. But if you'd like to sign up to the newsletter to get a free bonus video which you can't get anywhere else and also receive news, offers and features about Sleep Cove by email please go to sleepcove.com slash bonus and sign up there you can also sign up on my homepage as well but I'd recommend going to sleepcove.com slash bonus to sign up for all the extra information This episode is brought to you by Best Fiends. Do you want to have some fun playing a puzzle solving game that really engages your brain? Then I can recommend the game Best Fiends. It's a casual game for adults that anyone can play. It's like a mix of character collecting with bugs being your buddies and the enemies are slugs. And it's a really fun puzzle game. I'm really enjoying playing the game. And I'm still in the Onimus Oceans, but will soon be progressing to the treetops levels. And I can't wait to see what's next. Engage your brain with fun puzzles and collect tons of cute characters. Trust me, with over 100 million downloads, this 5 star rated mobile puzzle game is a must play. Download Best Fiends free on the Apple App Store or Google Play. That's friends without the R. Best Fiends. Please do not listen to this recording or any Sleep Cove recording whilst driving or operating heavy machinery. Please listen in a place where you can safely go to sleep. And let's begin. Jorinda and Jorindel. There was once an old castle that stood in the middle of a deep, gloomy wood and in the castle lived an old fairy now this fairy could take any shape she pleased all the day long she flew about in the form of an owl or crept about the country like a cat but at night she always became an old woman again when any young man came within a hundred paces of her castle he became quite fixed and could not move a step till she came and set him free, which she would not do till he had given her his word never to come there again. But when any pretty maiden came within that space, she was changed into a bird, and the fairy put her into a cage and hung her up in a chamber in the castle. There were seven hundred of these cages, 
hanging in the castle, and all with beautiful birds in them. Now there was once a maiden whose name was Jorinda. She was prettier than all the pretty girls that ever were seen before, and a shepherd lad whose name was Jorindel was very fond of her, and they were soon to be married. One day they went to walk in the wood, that they might be alone, and Jorindel said, We must take care that we don't go too near to the fairy's castle. It was a beautiful evening, the last rays of the setting sun shone bright through the long stems of the trees upon the green underwood beneath, and the turtle doves sang from the tall birches. Jorinda sat down to gaze upon the sun. Jorindel sat by her side, and both felt sad. They knew not why, but it seemed as if they were to be parted from one another forever. They had wandered a long way, and when they looked to see which way they should go home, they found themselves at a loss to know which path to take. The sun was setting fast, and already half its circle had sunk behind the hill. Jorindel on a sudden looked behind him, and saw through the bushes that they had, without knowing it, sat down close under the old walls of the castle. Then he shrank for fear, turned pale and trembled. Jorinda was just singing. The ringed dove sang from the willow spray. Well a day, well a day, he mourned for the fate of his darling mate. Well a day, when her song suddenly stopped. Jorindel turned to see the reason, and beheld his Jorinda changed into a nightingale, so that her song ended with a mournful jug-jug. An owl with fiery eyes flew three times round them, and three times screamed, To woo, to woo, to woo. Jorindel could not move. He stood fixed as a stone, and could neither weep, nor speak, nor stir hand or foot. And now the sun went quite down. The gloomy night came. The owl flew into a bush, and a moment after, the old fairy came forth, pale and meagre, with staring eyes, and a nose and chin that almost met one another. She mumbled something to herself, seized the nightingale, and went away with it in her hand. Poor Jorindel saw the nightingale was gone, but what could he do? He could not speak, he could not move from the spot where he stood. At last the fairy came back, and sang with the hoarse voice, Till the prisoner is fast, and her doom is cast. There stay, oh stay, when the charm is around her, and the spell has bound her. Hie away, away. All of a sudden, Jorindel found himself free. Then he fell on his knees before the fairy, and prayed her to give him back his dear Jorinda. But she laughed at him, and said he should never see her again. Then she went her way. He prayed, he wept, 
he sorrowed, but all in vain. Alas, he said, what will become of me? He could not go back to his own home, so he went to a strange village and employed himself in keeping sheep. Many a time did he walk round and round, as near to the hated castle as he dared go, but to all in vain, he saw or heard nothing of Jurinda. At last he dreamt one night that he found a beautiful purple flower, and that in the middle of it lay a costly pearl, and he dreamt that he plucked the flower, and went with it in his hand into the castle, and that everything he touched with it was disenchanted, and that there he found his Jorinda again. In the morning, when he awoke, he began to search over the hill and dale for this pretty flower, and eight long days he sought for it in vain. But on the ninth day, early in the morning, he found the beautiful purple flower, and in the middle of it was a large dewdrop, as big as a costly pearl. Then he plucked the flower, and set out and travelled day and night, till he came again to the castle. He walked nearer than a hundred paces to it, and yet he did not become fixed as before, but found that he could go quite close up to the door. Jorindel was very glad to see this. Then he touched the door with the flower, and it sprang open, so that he went in through the court, and listened when he heard so many birds singing. At last he came to the chamber where the fairy sat with the seven hundred birds singing in seven hundred cages. When she saw Durindel, she was very angry and screamed with rage, but she could not come within two yards of him, for the flower he held in his hand was his safeguard. He looked around at the birds, but alas, there were many, many nightingales, and how then should he find out which was his Jorinda? While he was thinking what to do, he saw the fairy had taken one of the cages and was making the best of her way off through the door. He ran or flew after her, touched the cage with a flower, and Jorinda stood before him and threw her arms round his neck, looking as beautiful as ever, as beautiful as when they walked together in the wood. Then he touched all the other birds with the flower, so that they all took their old forms again, and he took Jorinda home, where they were married and lived happily together for many years. And so did a good many other lads, whose maidens had been forced to sing in the old fairies' cages by themselves, much longer than they liked. The Travelling Musicians An honest farmer had once an ass that had been a faithful servant to him a great many years, but was now growing old and every day more and more unfit for work. His master therefore was tired of keeping him and began to think of putting an end to him, but the ass who saw that some mischief was in the wind took himself slyly off and began his journey towards the great city, for there, thought he, 
I may turn musician. After he had travelled a little way, he spied a dog lying by the roadside, and panting as if he were tired. What makes you pant so, my friend? said the ass. Alas, said the dog, my master was going to knock me on my head, because I am old and weak, and can no longer make myself useful to him in hunting. So I ran away, but what can I do to earn my livelihood? Hark ye, said the ass, I am going to the great city to turn musician. Suppose you go with me, and try what you can do in the same way. The dog said he was willing, and they jogged on together. They had not gone far before they saw a cat sitting in the middle of the road and making a most rueful face. Pray, my good lady, said the ass, what's the matter with you? You look quite out of spirits. Ah, me, said the cat, how can one be in a good spirits when one life is in danger? Because I am beginning to grow old and had rather lie at my ease by the fire than run about the house after the mice, the mistress laid hold of me and was going to drown me, and though I have been lucky enough to get away from her, I do not know what I am to live upon. Oh, said the ass, by all means go with us to the great city. You are a good night singer and may make your fortune as a musician. The cat was pleased with the thought, and joined the party. Soon afterwards, as they were passing by a farmyard, they saw a cock perched upon a gate, and screaming out with all his might and main. Bravo, said the ass. Upon my word, you make a famous noise. Pray, what is all this about? Why, said the cock, I was just saying that we should have fine weather for our washing day, and yet my mistress and the cook don't thank me for my pains, but threaten to cut off my head tomorrow and make broth for me for the guests that are coming on Sunday. Heaven forbid, said the ass. Come with us, master. It will be better at any rate than staying here to have your head cut off. Besides, who knows? If we care to sing in tune, we may get up some kind of a concert. So come along with us. With all my heart, said the cock. So they all four went on jollily together. They could not, however, reach the great city the first day. So when night came on, they went into a wood to sleep. The ass and the dog laid themselves down under a great tree. And the cat climbed up into the branches. While the cock, thinking that the higher he sat, the safer he should be, flew up to the very top of the tree, and then, according to his custom, before he went to sleep, looked out on all sides of him to see that everything was well. In doing this, he saw afar off something bright and shiny, and calling to his companions said, There must be a house no great way off, for I see a light. If that be the case, said the ass, we'd better change our quarters, for our lodging 
is not the best in the world. Besides, added the dog, I shall not be worse for a bone or two, or a bit of meat. So they walked off together towards the spot where the cock had seen the light, and as they drew near, it became larger and brighter, till they at last came close to a house in which a gang of robbers lived. The ass, being the tallest of the company, marched up to the window and peeped in. Well, donkey, said the cock, what do you see? What do I see? replied the ass. Why, I see a table spread with all kinds of good things, and robbers sitting round it making merry. That would be a noble lodging for us, said the cock. Yes, said the ass. If only we could get in. So they consulted together how they should contrive to get the robbers out, and at last they hit upon a plan. The ass placed himself upright on his hind legs, with his forefeet resting against the window. The dog got upon his back, the cat scrambled up to the dog's shoulders, and the cock flew up and sat upon the cat's head. When all was ready, a signal was given, and they began their music. The ass brayed, the dog barked, the cat meowed, and the cock screamed, and then they all broke through the window at once, and came tumbling into the room amongst the broken glass, with a most hideous clatter. The robbers, who had been not a little frightened by the opening concert, had now no doubt that some frightful hobgoblin had broken in upon them and scampered away as fast as they could. The coast once clear, our travellers sat down and dispatched what the robbers had left, with as much eagerness if they had not expected to eat again for a month. As soon as they had satisfied themselves, they put out the lights, and each once more sought out a resting place to his own liking. The donkey laid himself down upon a heap of straw in the yard. The dog stretched himself upon a mat behind the door. The cat rolled herself up on the hearth before the warm ashes, and the cock perched upon a beam on the top of the house, and as they were all rather tired with their journey, they soon fell asleep. But by midnight, when the robbers saw from afar that the lights were out, and they all seemed quiet, they began to think that they had been in too great a hurry to run away, and one of them, who was bolder than the rest, went to see what was going on. Finding everything still, he marched into the kitchen and groped about until he found a match in order to light a candle. And then, espying the glittery, fiery eyes of the cat, he mistook them for live coals, and he held the match to them to light it. But the cat, not understanding this joke, sprang at his face and spat and scratched at him. This frightened him dreadfully, and away he ran to the back door, 
but there the dog jumped up and bit him in the leg, and as he was crossing over the yard, the ass kicked him, and the cock who had been awakened by the noise, crowed with all his might. At this the robber ran back as fast as he could to his comrades, and told the captain how a horrid witch had gotten into the house, and had spat at him, and scratched his face with her long bony fingers, how a man with a knife in his hand had hidden himself behind the door, and stabbed him in the leg, how a black monster stood in the yard and struck him with a club, and how the devil had sat upon the top of the house and cried out, throw the rascal up here. After this the robbers never dared go back to the house, but the musicians were so pleased with their quarters that they took up their abode there, and there they are, I dare say, at this very day. <laughs>